Let's pray together for the word this morning. Lord, we love you. This is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice in this day, and we are glad that you have given it to us. Thank you for life and breath. And Lord, not just a life that just gets by a little bit, but abundant life that you have told us in your word. Thank you for that. Jesus, thank you um, for giving us your word today. Help us to hear it. Help the communicator of the word. But Lord, I thank you that um, your word never returns void, but it accomplishes all that you sent it forth to do. And so we're just saying yes and amen to what you want to say in this house today. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Several years ago, I heard a phrase, and it has stuck with me, and every now and then it comes back to me. It's kind of one of those phrases. I actually saved it. I mean, it's probably been four or five years ago, and I saved it because for whatever reason, it was one of those, you know how sometimes you'll get something, and it just kind of sticks? This was one of those things that kind of stuck, and you know, sometimes you get a phrase, and you know there's going to be a day and a time that that is for me, and so you kind of hang on to it. Sometimes it's that way when you get a prophetic word or a vision or a prophecy, and I know y'all been speaking on that. I think it's incredible. But this phrase was, this day we fight. Would you say that? This day we fight. fight. I know you're in this series on vision, and and we can all agree, we need a vision. Mm -hmm. We need vision. We need vision as a church. We need vision as a family. We need vision as uh, individuals. We need vision from the Lord. You see, I was thinking through that, thinking about vision, and thinking, you know, you can have a good idea. You can have a good vision. Or you can have a God idea and a God vision. And I'm thinking it's better to go the God way. It's better to go that way. So, but what I've seen the enemy do over and over again is deceive the people of God. And then they don't walk in the vision because they begin to settle because it's not easy. Because sometimes it's not easy. We don't want to fight. We live in an instant microwave world. We live in, we want everything right now, and I don't want to give much effort to it. I want it to be easy, and that's not the way of the kingdom. He calls us to action. When we're called to seek him with a vision, he is going to deliver to us an action plan that goes along with that vision. There is work to be done. If you're going to see the vision that God has for you for as your, uh, an individual or for your families or for your business or for your church or for this city, God is going to release an action plan for that. There is a sacrifice that will be made for a kingdom vision. You will have to make sacrifices for the kingdom vision. We have to lay down our rights and we have to lay down our will to take up his. So today, this message today is about fighting, just about fighting for the vision God has for us. It's about fighting for the promises and purposes and the vision God wants for his people. Many of you have seen my oldest daughter, um, Sarah. And Sarah has, was born and uh, wasn't well when she was born and has uh, cerebral palsy and has battled a lot of different things in her life. And for years, we have, anytime there was someone with the gift of healing that came to our church, I'm telling you, we marched her a little behind right down to the stage. We had her prayed over. I mean, we sought every, you know, we sought the appropriate doctors. We did everything we could. We cried out to the Lord for healing. And she really is Uh, a miracle. The things she has accomplished really are miraculous, uh, what we've seen God do. But we're still contending for full healing. Mm -hmm. She still does not have a complete healing. She she walks with a limp. There are struggles that she has in life. And so we uh, still need to be contending for her full and complete healing. 
But what I found out one day is uh, I was praying and I realized something. I was walking and the Holy Spirit reminded me that I had not prayed for her completely in some time. And when she was younger, I was real faithful about it daily. We would say scriptures on healing. We cried out. We did all the stuff. We fasted, did all the things you're supposed to do as a believer. And then I realized, though, as I was this one day, I was walking around the park and I was I can scream. Oh, there, I'm back. <laughs> I was reminded that um, uh, yeah, I got lost there for a second, didn't I? Uh, I was reminded as I was walking that I hadn't prayed for her in some time for her complete healing. And so I began to ask myself, why? What happened? I asked myself, did I get disappointed in God? Did I get disappointed in him because he didn't answer it like I thought he should? Or that, did I get disappointed? Did I get weary and crying out because I wasn't seeing the answer that I wanted to see in the time that I wanted to see it? Did I just stop believing? Did I stop believing for a miracle? And then I asked myself, and I remember wrestling this with the Lord back and forth. Did I just settle? Did I just decide that rather than believing God for more and trusting him for more, that this was just the way it was going to be and I was just going to be okay with that? And I settled in this place over here. It was not the fulfillment of God's purposes, plans, or I don't believe. Mm -hmm. We're still contending for healing. The fulfillment of the vision doesn't come quick enough. Do we just settle for our own vision? When we don't see God move as quickly as we'd like in things, we believe that he's promised us. Do we just give up? What I believe the Lord wants to do today is he wants to encourage us to take a stand. This day, I'm going to say that statement again. You're going to hear me say it several times. This day we stand. We cannot be passive and not give in to a spirit of hopelessness. We cannot give in to that pattern of thinking. It's just always going to be this way. You see, we needed to get back and fight for my daughter's healing. And it's time for us as believers to wake up, to stand up, and to fight. Our families, our churches need us to be in the battle for them. Amen. And I'm afraid that there are times that the enemy lulls us into this sense of powerlessness because we've had a few prayers maybe that didn't get answered like we wanted in the time frame we wanted or in the way that we wanted. So we've settled for some unanswered prayers because it's taken far longer than we thought and we've grown weary from asking the Holy Spirit to move. So I want to remind us today, we're not in a physical battle. I think we all know that. Word says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and darkness and high places. Our battle is not in here. And our battle's not with someone out there. Our battle is in the heavenlies. And we need to remember that. Spiritual battle, but our battle is a spiritual battle. When we become passive, we're not in a position of battle and we're not ready to fight like we need to for our, our church, city, or our families. Hear me when I say this. We can pray and pray and pray and pray. And when we're done praying, we can pray some more. But there is a place of action. It is not enough, and we need to be people of prayer, but it is not enough just to pray. God calls us to take steps. There are many things that God's going to call us to. Sometimes he calls you to pray. Look in the scripture. Sometimes he calls you to pray, and then you fast. Sometimes you pray, and God says, I need you to trust me with your finances. I need you to start tithing. 
Sometimes you pray and God says, I need you to forgive this person. There's all kinds of action steps that God will call us to when we're in a battle. Sometimes you pray and God says, love until it costs you something. But you can be sure there's always an action that follows our prayers. When God releases a vision and he releases promises, there will always be an action step for you to take. You can gown on it. I'm not sure how it is here, uh, here, but in the state, I'm telling you, it's gotten just crazy, this whole instant uh, world that we have. You can have just about anything you want without ever even getting out of your house. All you need is a credit card. That's all you got to have. You give them your credit card, you can have anything. You don't have to, they'll deliver just about anything. You give people your credit card, and they will deliver the whole world to your doorstep. All you have to do is go online. You can give them your credit card. You can go pull up at Target or Walmart or any restaurant in town now. Uh, You can go to the hardware store. You don't have to get out of your car. You just pull up, you text them, they bring it to you. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of world that we live in now. It is so different. We even offer online church. We're online this morning. Our church offers online church. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's a substitute. It is not meant to be the primary source of, of uh, your spiritual uh, family, of coming together with the spiritual family. But we are living in this world where we want everything easy. We want it all to be easy. And listen, when we allow a passive spirit to consume us in our spiritual lives, we're not ready we're not where we need to be in the battle. You look, you look at King David. King David was in a season where he was walking in a passive spirit. In 2 Samuel 11:1, 1, it says, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Where was David supposed to be? They were supposed to be in the battle. David was supposed to not only just be in the battle mixed in with all the people, he's supposed to have been out front, at the front of the battle. David wasn't where he needed to be, and he wasn't doing what he needed to be doing. David was supposed to be in the battle with his men leading out. David made a critical decision to stay back. And that critical decision came back to haunt him. When he wasn't engaged with the fight, when he wasn't on the battlefield with his, me- with his men, listen, he was still going to be in a battle. He was just doing the wrong battle. Yeah. He should have been over here with his men leading out in the charge. So what happened was he wasn't there. He stayed back over here, and the enemy still came after him. Uh-huh. The enemy came and found him in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. Yeah. The enemy still came. There was still a battle. David literally had a spiritual attack attack that resulted in physical consequences. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you, I get it. Fighting isn't fun. Fighting is not glamorous. And it's tiring, but it is part of the kingdom. Isaiah 42 says this, 42.13. In this verse, if you don't think the Lord isn't about a fight or that he's not a warrior, you need to get in the word. Mm -hmm. Because here's what Isaiah 42 says. Um, The Lord goes out like a mighty man. Like a man of war, he stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foe. Does that sound like we serve a passive God? 
We do not. We don't serve a passive God. Someone who just, does it sound like there's someone who just sits back and says, I'm just going to watch and see what happens. That's not the way it is. The Lord is a warrior. I want to ask you this question. When? People of God. We're the people of God. When is the last time the enemy was afraid because of your prayers? Ask yourself. When is the last time I scared the enemy because I prayed? That's a good question. Our weapons are not weapons of the flesh, but have power, divine power to destroy strongholds. We need to be using our weapons of prayer. We need to be using the authority of the name of Jesus to destroy the works of the enemy. We're going to have to fight for the plans. God has plans for a live church. God has a vision that's a God vision, not just a good vision. God has a vision for a live church that's bigger than what you're going to be able to accomplish. And it ought to be. Because then you have to rely on the power of the Spirit. Then you only God, you are going to be able to look at it and you don't get to receive glory for it because only God could have done that in this place. Does that make sense? So, But you're going to have to fight for it. If y'all just keep hanging out, same thing for Beltway Park, if we just kind of hang out in the church and pray, 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 and we don't do, 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 we're not going to get anywhere. We're going to be stuck. God does not want us stuck. We need to be in the battle. We're going to have to fight. Yep. We're going to have to get before the Lord on our knees. And we're going to have to cry out for, on behalf of our leadership and behalf of our cities and our families. God will answer. And when he does, he will give you an action plan. There are victories to be had. There's a battle to be fought. Yes, but we've got to fight right. We've got to fight for the vision for the next generation. Those of you in this room that have been walking with the Lord for a long season of time, of which I would be like one of them. I'm one of the older people now in our church, you know. <laughs> but are we, are we crying out to the Lord for this next generation? Are we crying out to the Lord to fill this house with young people worshiping God? Are we telling them that we believe in you? We believe in your leadership. We believe in the Spirit. Are we encouraging them to grow and mature in the things of the Lord? Because they're going to be the next generation that are going to lead the church. Yes. Yeah, amen. So all, those of us of the older generation, I'm putting myself, we're there. What are we doing? What are we doing to help them become those leaders. But then young people, what are you doing? You're in a fight. I get it. You're in a fight. But you can't fight for, you can't just allow somebody else to fight your battles. It's time for you to grow up. It's time to mature in the things of the Lord, in the things of his word, in the things of the spirit. Fight for your friends. You're going to have to fight to be a kingdom liver. You're, liver. <laughs> You're going to have to fight to be one. <laughs> I thought that before y'all did. Like, kingdom liver. What is that? One who lives for the kingdom. You're going to have to fight for it. The world's going to pull you over here and want to make you want to fit into all of this. And we're called to be set apart and to be different. And to walk in power. And it doesn't just happen when you get to be 57 years old, kids, young people. It's now. God wants to empower you now by His Spirit to live a kingdom life. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. time. It's time. And I want to encourage those of us of the older generation, we need to be encouraging. We need to be training them. We need to be calling that out in them, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. I had a grandmother that would, 
She was something else. She was a Pentecostal, old Pentecostal woman, and she would uh, pray at the foot of her bed every morning. And you would know she was up because you could hear her praying at the foot of her bed every morning. And you kind of, as a kid, I'd poke my head around and look inside her room, and I would see her at the foot of her bed crying out to the Lord. And in the summer, we didn't have air conditioning, and so uh, she would, the windows were up. So if you went outside, you could still hear her crying <laughs> all across the, the garden and the uh, fields and everything. But she would faithfully cry out on behalf of her children. I am convinced that today my life and the lives of my kids and my family are bearing fruit because of mm-hmm. a grandma who prayed. Yeah. Because someone who would stand. But listen, she didn't just pray. She called us into those things. She had promises that God had given to her for her family. And then she, but she showed us. She disciplined us. She showed us what it looked like to love others. She showed us what it looked like to sacrificially give for the sake of her family, for the sake of the kingdom. I am telling you, my family was poor. But they never, my grandmother would never have kept the tithe. I mean, she was strict about it. I mean, there were just things like that that she modeled for us. It wasn't just enough to pray about it in her room. You take that and what you've received in this outpouring of the Spirit in the room, and you take it out, and then you've got to release that and to give that. And that's what she did for us. And, hey, those of us of my age, that's what we got to do. we got to give this stuff to the younger generation and, and younger generation, but you're not off the hook. It's time for you to take it out yeah. and go release it and go give it as well. Yeah. This is your battle and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be short. But God has a destiny and a purpose for your life and you need to get in the battle and fight for it yeah. because the rewards of a life lived for Jesus are going to, every battle scar and every wound is going to be worth it. I can promise you. This day we fight. Romans says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We will fight out of the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us. This same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that is what is available to you and to I. So when God releases vision and purpose and dreams and ideas for you, he's going to strengthen you and he's going to raise you up and he will... He will fulfill what he's given and what he has released in you, what he has yeah. ordained, what he has purposed, mm-hmm. what he has planned. Yeah. Amen. The Bible tells a story in Second Chronicles 20 about King Jehoshaphat. I think it's an incredible story. He and the Israelites suddenly find themselves they're surrounded by enemies. Actually, the word says that they're surrounded by a great multitude. You ever felt like you've been surrounded by a great multitude yeah. of enemies that is coming against you everywhere? Here's what Jehoshaphat did. He, first of all, acknowledged his fear. He talked about, he, 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 he took a minute to whine about it, about all the enemy that was, that was surrounding him and the fear, and, you know, what in the world are we going to do? Jehoshaphat, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't live in some kind of false faith of uh, not acknowledging what the reality was. He did that. But this is what he did. The word says that he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast. Mm-hmm. always action mm-hmm. always action with the Lord he yeah. called the people together to seek help from the Lord God's not asking you. you we need to get out of our individualism this is the thing that kind of worries me about this instant world and going to the grocery store and just having them bring it to you or bring it to your house it should become more and more isolated yeah. 
And that's, that's where the enemy comes in and attacks. Yeah. Again, you're going to be in a battle. You may as well get out here and do it with the kingdom and do it with the body of Christ, or you're going to do it in your apartment, your house, all by yourself. Yeah. That's why we saw it with David. David stayed back. The enemy still came after him. There still was a battle. Yeah. Didn't get to walk away from it. God's not asking us to fight alone. We rely on him, and we rely on the body of Christ. So they began to cry out to the Lord. Jehoshaphat was wise. He sought help. He didn't go out into the battle on his own. He sought the Lord, and he sought the wisdom of the people of God. Verse 14 says this, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. What was the change? What shifted there? I'll tell you what it was. The Spirit of the Lord is what happened. They sought the Lord, and they waited on the Lord's decision for the battle. And the word says, the Spirit of the Lord came. The Spirit of the Lord came. Then Jehaziel, through the Spirit, says, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Then God gave them the strategy for the battle. Yeah. He released it. He gave them the prophetic word, the prophetic picture, and then there was a release of here's what you're supposed to do. It is time for us to put our fears and our doubts aside. Yeah. Time to stop being passive mm -hmm. and get ourselves back on the battlefront. Allow the Holy Spirit to infuse us with fresh faith and determination and strategy for the battle. I want to read to you something I'm sure you've all read or watched Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien makes a great statement in the return of the king. Uh, king, uh, king Aragon gives this incredible speech to inspire his men because you see they're outnumbered. I don't know if you remember that, but they're just outnumbered and they're, they're in the middle of what looks to be a losing battle. In the battle, he shouts, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. Some of us need to grab hold of that. It is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand. I'm telling you, I, to me, the Lord has just used that statement over and over every time I read that. This day we fight. We don't give in. It is not time to give in. It is not time to give up. I believe that there are those in the in of us that have just grown weary. The Holy Spirit wants to fret. This place where there's sometimes they didn't let them to. Then we allow fear and doubt can begin to come in. And we ask ourselves, why did I fight? Recently, I had a very good friend of ours pass away. And we had, had uh, friends and family had prayed, worshipped, things like that that we needed to do. And believed, we believed, we believed that God would heal. And yet, he took her. Now, she's in an incredible place. She'd be saying, do not ask me to come back there. There'd be no desire to. But for us, 
you know, you're going, Lord, why? And then this last week, I called her husband on my, um, at the airport when we were in Dallas to kind of check in because this, this is real fresh. And uh, Randy, he said, on the way back, uh, services were in Lubbock and, and they live in, lived in Arizona. On the way back, he was listening to Joel Osteen preach a message. And it, he said, he preached something to me that was so profound. He said, Joel said, don't put a question mark where God has put a period. Don't put a question mark where God has put a period. See, what the enemy wants us to do is stay in that place of questioning. He wants to keep us in that place of looking back. Because if he can keep me doing this, I'm not going there. If he can keep me in this place, then I'm not in the battle. And I'm not moving forward. And I'm not taking more ground that he's told me to take. And he wants to keep. I'm telling you, that's profound to me. Don't put a question mark. Don't keep lingering in that place of all the whys and what ifs and what about and should I have done this and should I have done that. Because when you and you can see that God put a period, then you then you're moving to where God has for you. Life's gonna have its pains. There are going to be things that we never fully understand. But I believe today the Holy Spirit wants to take discouragement. And He wants to heal that places in our heart. He wants to get us back on the battlefield. There's a lot of fights going on. We're fighting for our freedom. We're fighting for salvation. We're fighting for healings. We're fighting for a city out here that needs to be saved. We're fighting for destinies on people's lives. You know what? It's going to take sacrificial love. It's going to take some actions. And I just want you to encourage you today. I'm not alone. Uh, you're not alone in this. I'm with you. There are things that I'm having to fight and contend for. And there are times I get in that place of thinking, how long, Lord? How long do we contend for this? When do you throw in the towel and say, it's just always going to be that way? But that's not the way of the kingdom. It's not. And we don't get to do that. And as long as there is life and breath, and as long as there are lost people out there, and as long as there is brokenness and sickness, as long as there are destinies that God has on people's lives, we're in a battle. And we've got to stay in that place. And we've got to pray. And we've got to seek the Lord. And we've got to fast. And we've got, you know, the thing about vision is it is a, it is a release from heaven for your purpose and your plan and your destiny. It's prophetic. And God releases those over individuals and over a church. But we're going to contend for that. And when it is released, then we've got to do something about it. As God releases vision in this house, you can't just stay here and keep praying about the vision. And next week we're going to get together. We're just going to pray about that vision some more. And then the following week, and next January, you'll still be praying about the vision. We got to do something with it. You got to do, you got to move. An action step to be taken with that. Someone encourages us today. Let's not give up. Let's not give in.